Oh, I got to stop yelling in your ears. How are you living? How you doing? L-E-F-K-O-E, man. How you feeling? Uh, welcome back to the Left Coast Show. Uh, truth be told, I'm uh, taking a little time off. Not taking time off from eating like a homie. Still eating well, but I am recording this the week before you're listening to it. So I'm taking this week off uh, for a number of reasons. One is because the next few months, me and uh, my new lead guy, David Ingber, are going to be traveling around the country getting ready for the new episode of the show that's going to come out this season where we're going to do a lot of fun stuff with NFL players. So I'm going to take some time now so that, you know, later on I got more time to burn. But... I am not stepping away from giving y'all that good content. So this week, two really good interviews with you with two current and former Atlanta Falcons tight ends that both of them were awesome. Algie Crumpler is such a part of my life, and he did not even realize it. From Brian Dawkins removing his soul to the fact that when I played flag football, I always thought I was Algie Crumpler. And let's just say at the end... He calls me the white algae crumpler, and it is a moment that I will never forget. But you know me, and you know that I know how the media covers the NFL. I'm not just going to give you an interview. I need to make sure that you know what's going to happen before it happens. This is a podcast that you can use. So that's why I'm going to predict some woe big off seasons. And to prove to you that I do not know what's already happened, I have pulled up the illustrious website time.gov. Nick, why don't you show them really quick? This is my dirty computer screen, as you can see, Wednesday, May 22nd, 23858, 59. 239. So here's what we're going to do. I, uh, Nick, show my face. Hi. Good to see you. I have with me the crystal ball. Needs to be cleaned. It's, I'm not going to be able to see the future if there's smudges all over it, okay? So, not yet. Hold on. What I'm going to do is I'm going to channel my focus. I'm going to use. My third eye, I'm going to stare into the crystal ball and I'm going to give you three NFL storylines that I know will happen next week. And I don't even know if it's happened yet because show the computer screen one more time. It's Wednesday, May 22nd, 239, 43, 44, 45. Back to me. Okay. I'm going to stare into the crystal ball, but I need my crystal ball music. Let me channel my chakra. Give it to me, Nick. I see a vision. I see a vision not of a one, of a number two, maybe even a number three. I see a young backup quarterback showing a, quote, live arm that's impressing the first team. Wow. Could be a rookie. Could be a second-year guy. I'm not sure, but I'm seeing the words live arm. I'm seeing the words live arm. All right, let me rechannel my chakra. Cue the bells again, Nick. Okay. I'm going to stare into this. Okay, give it to me. All right. Ooh, wow, look at that. Unbelievable. I see steak. I see cheese. 
I see no steak and cheese. I see an NFL player sharing with the media that he has gone vegan to prepare for the NFL season. I know it's crazy. I know that you can't control it, but I see it in my crystal ball. Veganism. No meat. No cheese. Light carbs. Veganhood. Okay. Let me give him one more before we get to Algie Crumpler, Nick. Okay. All right, this is a big one. Whoa. The energy coming out of this crystal ball right now is shocking my chakra. Oh. Ah. Oh. I see a fight. I see a fight between linemen. I see a fight between offensive and defensive linemen. I see a coach at the podium standing in front of the media saying... Oh, that fight today, it's not a distraction. It's actually a sign of fight in my team, and I wish they can control it, but at the same time, it's good to see that energy. I see a fight at practice. I see the future. The Lefko Show. We don't just tell you the news. We predict the news. And if you have any question about whether or not it's already happened, show the computer screen. 24220, 24222, 24223, back to me. That is the future. And now, a conversation with Algie Crumpler. Yes, and he hit the down B. I was not expecting this today, and this is a joy. Algie Crumpler, this is, my mind is melding. So that song, uh, one of our listeners, Rod Simba, the official music producer, just made music for us. What up, Rod? You dig it? What up, Adam? Oh, my God. All right, so the reason this is crazy, listeners of the show have known for a long time that I have always said that my pro player comparison was Algie Crumpler. When I play flag football, or I, I always thought I was a guy that could move people and give you a little quick shimmy, and I can get to where I need to go. I always wanted to know what White Crump looked like. This is me. My man. I am White Algie Crumpler. <laughs> I've officially made it. Um, your career was amazing. Thank you. And I'm going to start off with the positive, and then I'll get to Brian Dawkins later. <laughs> because I, all of my passwords are Brian Dawkins. Oh, That's man. That's how much of a Brian Dawkins fan I am. Wolverine. But Falcons, Titans, year with the Patriots. Yep. What was your, like, what were they saying to you when you were coming out of college? Like, what, because what was the tight end position back then? Because right now, everybody loves two tight ends. I caught maybe 25 balls my senior year. Guys now catching 60, 70 balls. It's completely changed. not catching a lot of balls. Um, You know, I was just a big blocker, play action guy. Uh, I knew I was going to be one of the first three guys taken. Yeah. I was the second guy taken. I was mad at Todd Heap, Heap, who was the last pick. In to the, the first round to the Ravens. Right yeah. after they won the Super Bowl. I, I was and who was the third guy? Third guy, uh, like Jabari Holloway. I think he was okay. out of uh, Notre Dame. But I was so mad at Todd Heat because he wouldn't work out. And I just said, if he works out, he'll get drafted earlier. Then I'll get drafted in the oh, first you, round. You, so you didn't see it like if he works out, they'll realize that I can do it better than him. I just wanted first round money. Mm. But I was pushing to Is it better to have round. first round money or to get out of your rookie contract a year earlier? It's a little different now. It's oh, it wasn't like that back then. No, it wasn't like that back then, but it's a little different now. 
Um, guys have first round guys have that fifth year option, but they also have pretty much their whole contract yes. guaranteed. So it's a it's a lot different. You get to Atlanta. Yeah. Who was the quarterback of Atlanta at the time? Chris Chandler, but I came in with the rock star himself, Michael Vick. Same draft. Same draft. Wow. Same draft. He was one, I was two. Um, and the city was was crazy. I mean, I could It still is crazy for I, Mike. When I got through camp and I finally got settled in, I'm trying to go to the club. I can't, I just got to sit outside and wait for Mike. Wow. He walks in with 20 people. He's a rock star. Uh, was it from day one? Day one. Day one. I mean, the energy was, was bananas. Uh, but Chris Chandler was still the quarterback. Sure. You know, he, has, he had brought the, the team to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, a couple of years Yeah, but when Mike Vick in. shows up. Yeah, but I mean, look, fans, they bought in. Yeah. Uh, a year later. Arthur Blank bought the team. He had the $10 season tickets. Wow. People were coming to the stadium in droves. I mean, it was fun back then. I didn't realize that you were at this inflection point of Atlanta football where that was the change. I mean, the uniforms changed. You got the new owner, Vic. I just imagined, too, back to my amazing Madden days, Vic, <laughs> Dunn, Duckett, Crumpler, and then Peerless Price came a little bit later, right? It came a little bit later, a couple but that, years later. But that middle core, DVD and Crumpler, was the, that was the best, man. It had to be amazing to be a part of it, too. Yeah, we ran the football well. I led the league in rushing. Yeah. Uh, some of those yards came from, from Mike scrambling, but um, it kind of had defenses confused, and when they were confused, I found a way to get open. They threw Dude. me the ball, and we'd make some things happen. What was a, a night at the club that you went, I didn't know that Vic was that famous? He was famous. I mean, he, he was. But what was a moment where you were like, wow? I didn't care about what happened when I got in the club. I just didn't want to pay to get in the club. So I just hopped so in you're the like, line. So you're like, Vic, Mike, Mike. Hey, I'm with him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was just walking in with him. Um, that era, to be a part of it. Yeah. Um, how, do you, how do you look back on it now? A lot of missed opportunities. You know, I, really? I thought we had some good teams. I thought we had some really good teams. We had some really good players. Um, guys that played their role really well. You know, if we needed a first down, Brian Finneran was going to get it. Oh, yeah. You know, if we needed that short yardage, you know, uh, T.J. Duckett was going to get Hell it. Yeah. Work was consistent. Um, we, we just made a lot of plays, and then we had some solid guys on the defensive side of the ball, too. We just couldn't get past that gang green hurdle uh, in, in January. Lost to those guys twice in the playoffs. I'm not wearing this. I didn't, I didn't wear this for the Eagles, but now I am. <laughs> right, it was the two playoffs. It was one where Brian Dawkins, at the end of one of the games, hit Mike as he was crossing the end line. Yeah. And I know that Dawkins has said that was – Vic has said that's the hardest hit he's ever taken in his life. I think that was in the vet. It was in the old vet, too. Yeah, the old vet. Do you remember that hit? Uh, yeah. I sprained my ankle like the first series of the game, and, and it was just – Miserable. I, I'm glad they tore that, blew that stadium. That field Worst field terrible. ever. Was Cement terrible. with green paint. Put my hand in the turf and be down to my wrist. It was terrible field. Wow. So I, I hated it. But they were the better team at the time. But yeah, Mike, I remember him on uh, like NFL Films talking about that hit that Dawkins had. And, and I just wanted that hit to be a little bit more famous than the hit that he put on me. Let's talk about it. No. We have to. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. I want you to just take me through the play. Sluggo seam. Uh, slant goes on the outside. I run the seam on the backside. 
Mike's supposed to hold off the safety, which he did. Took me a little longer to get off the line of scrimmage. <laughs> the timing was a little bit off. He throws me the ball. I catch it clean. My next step never hits the ground. It was bang, bang. Bang, bang. Just like that. And, um, and he just caught me clean. I mean, even today would have been illegal. It would have been a legal hit because uh, he hit me like right in right the Right in the chest gut. plate. All the air I had, gone. Really? Just completely gone. From my perspective, that felt like when the game changed. Like, it felt like a moment where everybody went, what did we just witness? Every Eagles fan I ever met, or someone that grew up in the area, says that. That's we so We scored fun. on the very next play. <laughs> did you really? We did you scored really? on the very next play. What happened on the next play? Work done scores a touchdown. That's incredible. The very next play. So you're telling me your entire life people have come up to you and been like, yes. that's when we knew we won the game. Yes. But actually the next play, the Falcons scored. I walked that's to dinner incredible. with Brian Dawkins five years ago, and he said the exact same thing, and I'm looking at him like he's crazy. That's amazing. Now we, no, I've told that's st- now we didn't get a lot of yards after he scored that touchdown. Right, 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 right. So I can see where he's coming from. Yes. But I, I was a little disappointed in hearing that. You get, you get all the wind in your body and your soul. Gone. 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 So when I, have, I will never experience that unless I really upset somebody with my words, which is possible. I got Terry Tate's number. We can call him. Terry Tate, office linebacker. It's a very good <laughs> reference. But all the wind comes out. Yeah. What is that process like? Do you just stay on the ground as long as you can? Like, what, what happened after that moment when you realized what just happened? You held on to the ball, too, right? Held on to the ball. Which, props About to you. 15 degrees outside, held on to the ball. Uh, I get up. I do go to the sideline, though. Um, I'm just trying to get to the sideline. And because we scored, then I get my energy and my air. Right. My air back. So, but... I've heard countless stories about that hit. And, of course, my man, Doc, just gets inducted into the right. Hall of Fame. So It gets replayed know, again it, that it night. It got replayed everywhere. I would argue that his hit on Ike Hilliard Thank you. was actually harder than your hit. But your hit was in the playoffs. In the playoffs. And when it's in the playoffs, we remember it for life. All eyes on us. Yeah. And then he gave the speech after the game. What, what was it like to face Doc as a huge fan of him? It's I, honestly, it's fun. I mean, you want to play against the best. Um, sometimes when you're playing against, I love playing against guys that you know where they're going to be when they're supposed to be there, mm. and that's what makes it fun. That's the chess match. Yeah, sometimes you're playing against guys and and they'll do something, and you're looking at them like, you weren't supposed to do that. Mm. What, what are you doing? Why, right. why why are you slanting inside? There's nobody outside of you. What are you doing? I had a we, I'm I had, running a route. Yeah. I, you know, we got a play called and I'm running a route. And, and it's I'm a going, race to the spot. I'm going, the ball's not thrown on time. I know it, it's either catch it and get hit. Yes. Don't catch it and get hit. So you know what it is. If I was inducting you into the Lefko Show Hall of Fame, what would be your play that you would want to play you into the hall? Like, what do you believe was your best play? My best play, uh, my first touchdown. In your whole career? In my whole career. So it was just downhill after that? What was the play? No, I I caught a uh, a 60-yard seam route against uh, New Orleans Saints. Uh, It was an audible. So Chris Chandler, I'm like, wow, he's going to audible to me. I'm a rookie. And I catch the ball, and I'm excited, and I spike the ball. The ball, I mean, like Gronk spike, just ball bounces into the stands. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, 
the moment hit me, I was like, man, I got to get this ball back. And I'm like, hey, let me get the ball. Let me get the ball. Let me get the ball. And, and all I heard was, F you, Crumpler. Because you're in New Orleans. Because I'm in New Orleans. So I go to the sideline. Everybody's high-fiving me. Then my special teams coach curses me out because I got to go down on kickoff team. I'm still a rookie. Wow. Uh, and I got to run on the field. And I'm tired. So I'm just last one down the field, but they run a reverse comes back to me and I make the tackle and I go back and say, what? the only reason you make that play is because you, you were loafing as you were going. I was out of breath. That's incredible. I was tired. So even when you make the tackle, yeah. the coach is still going to ride your ass. Still ride. Uh, Joe D. Camillus. He's still in the league, too. Rode me hard. He's, a, he's like a big name, too. Yeah. Um, the time in Tennessee. Can I talk about weight as a, as a, as a chubby guy? Can we talk about Wade? Are you cool with that? I've always been a big What player. was the heaviest that you played in the NFL? 290. 290. Yeah, 290, pushing 295. My old guy, Sims, was telling me that when, was it when your wife had a baby? Oh, yeah. I that's when it all changes. My daughter was born in Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, so. What? My job in Tennessee was to set the edge, okay. bl- uh, block. We had a 2,000-yard rusher. Yes, CJ2K. Yeah, CJ2K, and then, and the other year we we had the most wins in the AFC. So oh, you guys were what fourteen so wins, thirteen, 13 wins, thirteen and three. So for yeah, what that my was a possible was, Super Bowl My team. role was to just clean it out and let Boscape go catch the t- touchdown. So you got to Tennessee at what weight? Two seventy. And then after the baby, you're up to two ninety. Easy. Is where do you think that ranks now, all time in tight end weight? I was back. To, I was about two seventy five when I was in New England. The year afterwards, I don't know. My buddy Wiggs was pretty big. When Jermaine he, Wiggins. Yeah, he was pretty big when he was in New England. But but you he, might be up there. But he but he made plays, so it mm. didn't matter. You get to New England. Yeah. How much of a culture shock was that? I was already old. It wasn't a culture shock for me. I just wanted to go. So, I, I picked where I wanted to be. Yeah. I just wanted to go somewhere where I thought. But that I mean, compared to the other locker rooms and facilities. How dramatically different was it? Uh, it was what I needed and wanted at the time. So, That's awesome. But the first words I think Bill Belichick ever said was, you know, I'm not an easy coach to play for. Um, but if you do what we ask you to do, you'll be fine. So worked out. I had a great time. Fans always think it's like – it's like a Game of Thrones type of thing where you walk in and it's like this crazy castle and he's this like crazy ruler. But every NFL player I talk to, it's amazing because it's simple. It's you do your job yeah. and that's all that matters. And there's just a lot more bullshit in a lot of the other facilities. Um, I think guys get away with more at other facilities. Um, I think the expectations are a little bit different when you walk through those doors in, in New England. And when I really learned it, we're in like mini camps, not mini camps, but workouts. And I'm working with the other quarterbacks and they're calling the plays, spread right. Oh, their plays are like go, full like, paragraphs. Yada, yada, yada. And that's what we're doing. And then Tommy comes in the huddle and he's calling two plays 100 miles per hour and everybody better be ready to go. Wow. So... That's when I kind of knew. I was like, okay, this, I heard, is, this is his ship. I heard a quote recently that Rodgers expects you to be at your best, but Brady will help you get there. Would you agree with that? Or from your, your experience there, is it sort of like you got to just catch up? Um, 
I don't know. I never played for, for Aaron Rodgers. No, but, I meant more just Brady. But I would Brady love to have played for him. Um, that, that would have been awesome. What a baller. That, that, that would have been awesome. Um, I loved when he, you know, how he was throwing the ball to Jordy Nelson and oh, man. to Michael Finley and those guys back in the day, you know, so it, it would have been fun. He could put it anywhere. But, um, you know, Tommy helped me. I learned a lot from him. What, like what kind of stuff? Uh, just, just how he approaches the game and how he d- demands certain things of certain players. Like him and Gronk, they worked on the same route after practice every single day against a defender. The defender knew what the route was, but they worked on it every single day wow. until they got it right. What was the route? Would it's they mix same, it up? It's the same route. Nope, never mix it up. Literally the play that we saw Gronk catch in the Super Bowl. Yeah, never mix it so up. So you're telling me the play that Gronk got, which led to the only touchdown in the Super Bowl. Yeah, every single day. I watched him his rookie year. Do it every single How day. How many times do you think they've done after it? After practice. 10,000? At least. I mean, wow. if if – if he beat him at the line of scrimmage, you know, Tommy would put it over him. If he's, if they're even at 10, he would put it on the back shoulder. If he's getting stubbed, he'd try to thread the needle, you know, but one way or the other, they were going to complete that He would put that it in pass. that place. Yeah. When you saw that, was there any part of you that thought back to, like, your time in Atlanta and went, I wish me and Mike did that a little? Like, and maybe you did. I don't know. No, I mean, we had a – I wish, your Mike, connection I wish was Mike and other guys did that. We had a great connection, yeah. you know, on the field. You know, we, we, we moved the chains. I wish we had a little bit more consistency throughout four quarters. Right. It always seemed like maybe, you know, I would catch a couple of balls early in the game and then the game would be on the line and I'm yelling at a coach, like, just give me the ball. Right. <laughs> just do something. We got to win this game. Let's, let's go. You guys just had so many pieces. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then when you have that many people, like Roddy's going to be like hanging out. Like there were so many weapons. Yeah. And Roddy's awesome. So I had Roddy. Roddy was the complete opposite of like Gronkowski, his rookie year. You know, Roddy was, he was like the most gifted, talented player, but he, he was kind of, he was kind of lazy. Really? Yeah. His second year, he should have been all pro. Wow. His second year, he, it's like a light bulb went off. And he just took off. You know, he was d- destroying uh, safeties with yeah. his blocking. Uh, he was slapping cornerbacks, running his routes. Uh, he was attacking the football. Um, ask him about it. He'll, he'll tell you there was about a drastic, that light coming on. Yeah, there was a drastic change between, you know, Roddy. Um, now, his attitude wasn't bad. It's just, you know, just didn't get it yet. But he, he that when that light bulb went off, yes. amazing, amazing turnaround. Gronk is retired. Yeah. And I, I feel like he's going to come back in like week 10. But let's say he's retired. When he retired, everyone said, greatest tight end of all time. Do you agree with that? I don't, I don't believe in the argument. I feel like when you have that argument, there's, not, there's people kind of chipping away at you. In terms of what? It's like he's great. Oh, of course. You know, I don't need somebody to argue with me about Magic Johnson being the greatest of all My time. My thing is, is let, or Larry I like, Bird right, right, right. Greatest of all I time. take it away from an argument, and I, I, I look at it as the thing about Gronk that people appreciate so much is his ability to block also. Like, Tony Gonzalez is up there for one of the greatest catching tight ends of all time. Um, Kellen Winslow, senior. Senior. Like that, now we're getting into like generational thing where like a lot of people these days never saw that, so they don't even know. But people hear about the blocking, but they never highlight his blocking. I've never seen them highlight 
Gronk pancake a guy. But I've seen Bill Belichick highlighted every single week. Really? On a Monday when we're reviewing film. You know, so was he? How special of a blocker was Gronk? Very special, very special. We're scr- I remember scrimmaging the New Orleans Saints. Uh, they came to our practice facility, and he's a rookie, just destroying some of the eight, nine, ten-year veterans, and they are yelling at me like, "Crump, get your boy, get your boy. He ain't supposed to be doing all of that." He's but wow. It didn't phase Gronk. Gronk was going after those guys. So you were there for his rookie year. Yeah. Was he crazy Gronk, or was he like... I don't think he's any different now than he was his rookie year. Loving life. Yeah. Just always smiling, laughing, but always attacking the game the way you're supposed to attack the game. So were there any signs early on or stories that you were like, oh, no, he, he gets down. He's a little crazy, and he can... Just from grabbing him and telling him, no, you got to line up over there. But that was about it. Yeah. Um, but never dropped any balls. Uh, always was blocking extremely hard his his wingspan his radius is just so big it just makes it so much different from the time he's throwing the ball I've also heard he's like a football savant when it comes to like remembering plays is that true I believe now yeah I believe now um I don't think there's any aspect of the offense that he doesn't know because I've watched him line up in every single spot on the on the field and everybody can't do that no nope not at all when a player retires. Mm-hmm. Are you a fan of the teams you played for? Are you a, f- a fan of coaches, players? I'm, I'm a fan of the players. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I'm, I'm a season ticket holder. Are you really? I go to as many games as humanly possible. That's awesome. Um, so I love being at the old Georgia Dome in the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium, just spending time with, with the guys and just, just being around and high-fiving the fans. I sit in the seat, regular seats just like everybody else. Yeah. Everybody knows me when I walk up the steps, but when the game's kicked off, I'm watching the game. When I come down, I'll high-five everybody, take sure. all the pictures in the world, and then I go back up and sit down and watch the game. Did you cross over with Dirk Cutter at all? I, I did not. I, you went I, to Tennessee at that time? Yeah. When I retired, I went into media a little bit, and I, and I would interview Cut, Cut all the yeah. time. So I do know him well, but... Um, I think he'll be a good addition to the team and, and, and Matt because yes. of their familiarity. So I'm okay. not worried about the offense. I, I want them to stop somebody. I look at the Falcons and I go, name me another team who the middle of their defense was more decimated in the last decade than what happened to them last year. Yeah. Deion Jones, Keanu Neal. Um, Grady Jarrett missed a significant amount of time. I mean, great, and Grady Jarrett is and then Ricardo top Allen five defensive, in, interior defensive lineman in the NFL, in my opinion, Grady, at disrupting. Grady's a very good disruptive uh, defensive tackle. Yes. Uh, but I think... I watched him work this offseason with some of the things that he's posting, and I think he's going to get better. He needs to get better. You know, yes. he, needs, he needs better numbers and getting after the quarterback. You know, it's, it's a few years ago when you sacked oh, Brady man. three times in the Super Bowl. We need more. I also think up front. Matt had his best season, uh, maybe of his career, other than like the 2015 with like Kyle Shanahan. I thought last year, with it all being on him, I've never seen him look that good physically, and I've never seen him control a game like that. That's because you watch the game differently. You study the game. Everybody doesn't study the game. Yeah. So, you know, they're 7-19. You just but built up a lot of my street cred. <laughs> they're 7-19, but they really were 4-19. Those last three games really just pushed their draft 
stock back a little bit. But, but him on the move, his arm strength, his decision-making, like I felt like he was like, I have Sarkeesian, so I need to step, and I didn't mean to take that shot, I need to step my game up. And I feel like he did. Well, I'm, like, I'm, I'm not worried about Matt. At all. Said. Nope. Mm-mm. I, I think as he gets more comfortable, they'll continue to score more points. Sure. And, and um, I just want him to stop people. I want him to stay healthy and stop people. Awesome. Uh, Algie, you're the man. Uh, I know that a lot of people at home right now are going, which one is which? I'm Lefko. This is Algie. And I'm White Algie Crumpler. And I'm allowed to say that. Yes. Yes. How's you? You've been blessed. Oh. The spirit is within me. You're the man. Thanks. Thank you, dude. Appreciate it. Dude, I had a blast.